listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Time to get you a view from Taiwan then. We've got Ross Feingold, Director of Research at Cyrus Consulting, joining us. Uh, Ross, good morning. Good to speak with you. Good morning from Taipei. <laughs> well, um, to kick it off, you know, we've had uh, some macroeconomic data that was released uh, recently in Taiwan, the fourth quarter GDP, as well as an advanced estimate of how the full year 2023 looked for the country. And uh, I understand that uh, the 2023 GDP growth was at about 1.4% for the whole year, and that's a 40-year yeah, low. Not, yeah, not very high. Yeah. Only 1.4% is the estimate for full year 2023, and that's yeah. down from 2.59% in 2022. Mm. Um, even though the, the fourth quarter was pretty high, it was over 5%, and typically fourth quarter is higher on holiday uh, ordering uh, mm. in, in the tech sector or other sectors. Uh, but uh, it's, hard, it's hard to say that it's looking good for 2024. It's certainly tough times. I mean, um, it, just in terms of uh, the numbers that we've been seeing on the manufacturing and the services side, I believe uh, the PMI for uh, January manufacturing showed a contraction for an 11th consecutive month. On the flip side, services seem to be holding up uh, and the services sector expanded for a 15th straight month. But the other sector of the economy and a big portion of uh, Taiwan's uh, growth also comes from exports and, uh, you know, manufacturing for exports. Uh, and exports orders for the whole of 2023 dropped almost 15.9%. What's going on now? Give us a sense of, you know, how domestic consumption and uh, is faring against the overseas demand. Well, of course, overseas is, is really crucial mm. to Taiwan's economy. It's export uh, dependent. And yeah, you're right. The, the manufacturing PMI was down for, I, I think it was the 11th consecutive month. Mm. In January, it's below 50 for the Purchasing Managers Index and it's consistently been below 50 for a few months. And, and that shows pessimism. You know, over 50, be looking at expansion, but under 50, looking at contraction. Mm. Uh, if government officials are trying to put a brave face on this, they say, well, you know, there's geopolitical tensions. There's a crisis in the Red Sea and, and uh, you know, we can't ship through the Red Sea if, if Houthi militants are attacking uh, our ships and uh, there's military conflict, there's wars in different places uh, the, and raw material prices are volatile as well. So there's a lot of excuses for why the, the manufacturing uh, index, the purchasing managers index is down, uh, but that's not a, it's not a good sign, especially when we're coming uh, up to a leadership transition. We had an election yeah. a few weeks ago, as I'm sure the audience knows. We'll have a, a new leader taking office in May, uh, and he's going to have to come up with some uh, ideas to how to stimulate uh, the economy, especially if the export outlook is, is frankly, it's rather bleak. And there's another really important point here. You know, we, we constantly see news about Taiwan, and we see news like with the growth of AI, uh, there's high demand for chips and for other types of hardware for Taiwan. And all that is true, but that's only you know one part of Taiwan's economy. Taiwan's a very mature and complex economy, 23 million people. Uh, so even at, you know, as you said, the data indicates that there's expansion in the domestic 
services economy. Uh, but if, you know, if we're only looking at tech, then things would be great. But Taiwan still has a lot of SMEs. They're heavily dependent on traditional industry type of manufacturing. And uh, the, the, the outlook there is bleak. And, and frankly, one of the reasons for that is Taiwan's exclusion from, from some of the regional trading blocks. Taiwan's not in RCEP. It's not in CPTPP. And people did warn that at some point, this is going to hurt Taiwan's traditional economy. And I think we're reaching that point. Yeah, uh, let's talk about it a, a little bit more, especially with the transition of power. Do you think uh, we would see you do you expect to see rather stronger policy action to tackle that to tackle, uh, you know, the possible economic um, economic factors that could hurt Taiwan, not just in the long term, but in the more immediate are a matter of concern? Yeah, that's a really great question. And the interesting thing there is dur during the campaign season, which was you know, most of the second half of 2023, the candidates talk a lot about things like subsidies, subsidies for elder care, subsidies mm -hmm. for child care, subsidies for housing. But very few uh, of the conversation was about economic stimulation. And, and Taiwan is in many ways is very much a nanny state. There, you know, there's, there's national health care. Uh, the, there's government owned uh, companies that still have a very significant role in different parts of the economy. And we don't hear anyone talking about uh, improving the business environment. You know, no one mm -hmm. really talks about how do we cut costs? How do we cut red tape? How do we make this a more efficient place to do business? So that's not really where the conversa conversation is. So uh, the, the, that was the long answer. But the short answer mm -hmm. to your question will be no. I don't expect uh, William Wise administration to really be about stimulating the economy. Yeah, that's that's a bit unfortunate, isn't it? But let's also talk about the other pillar of the Taiwanese economy, you know, the semiconductor industry, which is what Taiwan's known for uh, with the rest of the world. And there's just so much happening on that end as well. We had a TSMC announce uh, yesterday they're going to be opening up a second factory in Japan. So that's not based in Taiwan, uh, but a second outposts in a way in Japan. But on the other hand, you had Taiwan and Czech uh, Republic Groups Inc. Uh, semiconductor manufacturing. And with this increased focus on AI and the demand, ever increasing demand for uh, semiconductor chips, for computing, for AI, for mobiles, for just about every aspect of our lives. Uh, what's the what's the outlook here? You know, uh, Taiwan really punches well, above its weight. One thing this shows yeah. is, you know, TSMC has been yeah. under extraordinary political pressure to move some mm. of its manufacturing outside Taiwan. Mm. So that's why they're, they're building plants in Arizona, they're building plants yeah. in Japan, and they're building plants in Germany. You know, the winner so far has been J Japan, only because that project is, has been built in, in very, very quickly, and the plants in, in uh, Arizona has had a lot of problems with labor, finding enough people to work there. Uh, local workers didn't like some of the conditions that the employer, TSMC, was imposing. So th there's been some negative negativity around the Arizona plants. Germany was only announced in the last couple of months, so that's yeah. going to take some time until they do the construction. But Japan plants were, were announced and built in, in really, uh, I would call it record time, and I guess kudos to Japanese construction efficiency. So interestingly, the 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 conversation in the last few days is which uh, uh, officials from the Taiwan government will Japan allow to actually be there? You know, would some government ministers be allowed into Japan to attend the, the ribbon cutting? So that's uh, a political aspect of this project. But again, as I said, ultimately, TSMC's over, overseas expansion was about political pressure to move some of the supply chain away from uh, China, Taiwan, given the volatility.
Right. And I think I have time to just about squeeze one more question in. And I want to talk about the U.S. Taiwan uh, double tax relief uh, agreement. Now, that's been passed by the U.S. House of Representatives uh, and could potentially, uh, you know, also help semiconductor manufacturers who are building those factories in the U.S., among other uh, firms. Yeah, the, the key thing there is uh, for Taiwan companies uh, doing manufacturing with operations in the United States, there'll be lower withholding tax. So the Taiwan business world, to the extent that they have uh, projects or, or already have pro- uh, manufacturing and profits in the U.S., they're going to benefit from this tremendously. So it, it's it's basically the same as the, the typical double taxation treaty that countries might sign uh, because of the political issues. They're not calling this a treaty. And rather than treat it like a treaty, they were going about it like a domestic law that has to go through Congress and be signed by the president. It looks like this will this will happen and uh, there'll be some relief. There'll also be some relief on uh, wages for Taiwan people who work short term in the U.S. so that they're not taxed both in the U.S. and Taiwan. So looking at it as, as a win win, will it cause an enormous amount of Taiwan manufacturing to move to the United States or reshore or French shore, as the mm-hmm. U.S. government likes to call it? Probably not. But for, I mean, it's certainly a big help for TSMC with their Arizona plan. And TSMC and skeptics have constantly said without uh, subsidies from the U.S. and some tax relief, then the Arizona fabs will not be profitable. So TSMC certainly will be a big winner here. Fantastic. Ross, such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining in.